Oh, oh. Hi, I'm Julie. Oh, and I'm Lisa. And you are listening to Two Sober Chicks. Thanks a lot for joining us. This is part six. And seven. That's right. It's also going to be part seven. So we were going to do 12 separate podcasts, but then upon reflection, we decided that six and seven are always talked about uh, as like sister steps. Yes. Hand in hand. I believe that one has to interpret the other. They can't stand alone. All right. So let's get into it. We're going to do, so that'll make it 11 podcasts in our series of 12 steps. Yes. Just so you know. So step six and seven land right in the middle of the action steps. The action steps being steps four to nine. Step six says we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And step seven is humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. So the simplified translation, or just a different way of putting these two steps is, step six is accepted things about myself that need to change and that the power greater than me could help me do it. And seven is threw away my pride and asked for help to change these behaviors. So um, these are sister steps. I call these the shit gets real steps. (laughs) Because when you get to six and seven, which is having, being ready to have God remove the defects of character and then asking him to remove our shortcomings, that's when all of the opportunities of the things that bring out your character defects come alive. So I have sponsees that will be halfway through the steps at six and seven and call me in a panic like, What the fuck is going on? It's really bad right now. Everywhere I look, I'm jealous. I'm angry. I'm um, depressed. I'm not doing well. And it's because anytime we need to do better in life or we want to do better, life or our higher power brings us the opportunity Mm. so that we learn how to do it. So one of my uh, character defects on my fourth was rage, specifically road rage. So at six and seven, you know, every time I'm in my car on my way to somewhere, some idiot's making a stupid mistake in front of me, cutting me off, going, you know, 20 kilometers an hour, flipping me the bird. And these are all lessons. This is God looking down and going, oh, really? You're ready? Root and branch? You'd like to get rid of your rage, would you? Well, how are you going to do that if you don't learn to exercise the muscle of not doing that? Right. So that's what six and seven do. And they sound very similar, but I liken them to six is being in a parked car, or sorry, in a stopped car at a red light and the light goes green. Mm -hmm. That's six. I'm ready to go. Step seven is I have to put my foot on the gas in order to move myself forward. Okay. That's good. I like that. Thank you. Good analogy. Um, Can you read the simplified versions again? Yes. So six. Accepted things about myself that need to change and that the power greater than me could help me do it. Okay. Seven, threw away my pride and asked for help to change these behaviors. Okay. And um, pride, I think, comes into play and comes into effect because we realize in, in acknowledging step six and doing that inventory through four and five, we find out these character defects. And, you know, usually we can easily identify the things that are really bad. You know, the things that cause us the most consequences like anger or resentment or jealousy or envy. Um, But the ones that seem to be difficult for us and we don't maybe 
We need the more, we need the most help at recognizing and catching and acknowledging are things like pride and ego. And that's why, again, working mm-hmm. with a sponsor is very helpful because they can help point out when your ego is at play in something or when you are being prideful, whereas I might not be able to catch that myself. And those are the things that we tend to, we say, oh yes, we're ready for you to take these, these character defects. But then when you look back upon your life, some of these things are what kept us alive. Mm -hmm. Some of these things, you know, especially if you're a person who's used to taking care of yourself and taking care of your own needs and protecting yourself, these were the, um, the tools that you learned to live by. Yes, that's exactly why I didn't want my rage to go because I was raised by a father who was a rageaholic. Mm -hmm. And for me, rage kept me safe because it's because I was not allowed to fight back or with my dad growing up in the home. If I in the outside world saw anything that resembled a bully, I would become rageful in order to keep that person away from me. Yeah. So in my head, it was a survival tactic. Mm-hmm. And then I realized upon reflection and going through the steps and talking to my sponsor, that's actually the thing that's causing me the most harm and damage. Like I'm actually making it more dangerous for myself Mm -hmm. because one day someone's not going to like that this crazy little thing is acting like a psycho and they're (laughs) going to punch me in the mouth. (laughs) But it all like, and I also realized that when I got to a situation where I used rage to deal with it, I altered the course into something so much worse for myself and other people. Mm Mm-hmm. We also talked about um, this morning, just before we hit record, um, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, you'll find the discussion on uh, step six and seven on page 76. In the first two paragraphs, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's where it is contained in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So we do suggest that you also sit down with your sponsor and look at the 12 and 12, the 12 steps and 12 traditions, Mm -hmm. um, which is the companion book for the big book. And it goes a little bit more in depth into both of those steps. Also on page 76, you'll find the uh, step seven prayer, which can be quite helpful if, uh, especially if you're struggling with letting go of pride and ego, which I did for years, and I had trouble identifying them when they'd come up. Um, One of the things I like in in, um, step six on page 66 of the 12 and 12, it says, we who have escaped these extremes are apt to congratulate ourselves. (laughs) There's pride again. Yet can we? After all, hasn't it been self-interest, pure and simple, that has enabled most of us to escape? Not much spiritual effort is involved in avoiding excesses, which will bring us punishment anyway. Um, But when we face up to the less violent aspects of these very same defects, then where do we stand? That's kind of cool. So, and then it talks about how we exalt some of our defects, like like pride, like ego, Mm -hmm. um, like lust, you know? Not many of us want to give up lust. Nope. Feels so good. (laughs) I think that's why this, those words are so powerful because the spiritual principle of six is willingness, but seven is humility and humility is not humiliation, which is what I thought the root was for that word for a long time, Mm -hmm. but it's knowing who I am in the grand scheme of things, which is not God. Right. And it takes both a willingness and then an ability to be humble in order to enact a new way of life or to see ourselves in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I think the step seven prayer is so genius and I bust through it really fast. But if you slow it down and really listen to the step seven prayer, it completely encapsulates 
everything of six and seven, what we've done before it and what we need to do after it. Do you want me to read it again? Yes, please. Okay. All right. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me. Humble. Good and bad. Mm-hmm. So we're not expected to be perfect, right? That's no. another And right here. in that one sentence, we've already seen willingness and humility. Right. Um, and we want to give uh, God all of ourselves, which means our, our will, our thoughts, our feelings, and to give it over and to ask for help. So again, like you said, humility, humility, humility. And that's the step three right there too. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. So for me in that sentence, we're getting rid of self-pity. We're getting rid of self-seeking because we're not really asking for something of ourselves. We're asking for God's help to make us better human beings. Yeah. And we're shifting outside of ourselves. Now it's about, please do this so that I may be of service to someone else. Mm -hmm. Continuing your journey in the program. Mm -hmm. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Mm -hmm. And that can be in the physical realm, but I think it can also be in the spiritual sense too. As I go out from self. So I'm departing from self. Going out into the world, going forward in the steps. I think it's so genius that that happens right in the middle of the steps because it sets us up for the the rest of them Mm -hmm. and their spiritual principles too. And then the very next sentence is, now you're ready for step eight. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes we're like, "Uh, no, we're not. (laughs) And um, there's another great companion book, although it's not um, AA Mm -hmm. uh, approved, um, but I guess it was written by someone in the fellowship. It's called Drop the Rock. Yes. And it is an amazing uh, book, a companion book to study. I think it was Amanda, Amanda R., one of our listeners, who said uh, she is loving all the um, suggestions about other people to listen to, speakers like we've mentioned Earl oh, cool. H. And, um, That's right. Yeah. And uh, she wanted to know your thoughts on Earl for another podcast, by the way. Okay. And uh, what you thought of him. And um, she said, keep those thoughts coming. So we've mentioned some other books. So here's another one for you, Amanda. Drop the Rock. You definitely want to go and get this, especially when you reach six and seven, because it really helps. And I love some of the analogies in Drop the Rock. You know, um, I love the big book for being also full of analogies like the um, and the 12 and 12 for the as we're as desperate as the dying can be. And, you know, reaching out for that life preserver when we're drowning. That's a good picture. Um, a good metaphor. And then in Drop the Rock, it's like you're swimming and you're in an ocean, but you're hanging on to these rocks. Mm -hmm. And the people in the lifeboat are all the other survivors of the disease of alcoholism. And they're shouting to you, come on, we'll help you. We'll help. Just drop the rock. Mm -hmm. And you won't drop the fucking rock. And the rock is all those things that you're hanging on to. Mm -hmm. All those things that you are telling yourself, but I need this. Mm -hmm. You know, you can look at the rock as a diamond. You think it's precious. It's so precious. You're precious. My precious. (laughs) Precious. Um, But but when you actually look at it, it's like, it's just a fucking rock. Yeah. It is not going to serve you anymore. It will sink you. It will will sink your recovery. It will destroy you. So let it go. You were going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say with Drop the Rock that um, it was published by Hazelden, which is, there's a whole history behind that, but the largest um, non-for-profit addictions 
literature publisher. Mm, like and that's some good stuff. Drop the Rock was written by three members of the fellowship. I think they do that little book, the little red book for women too, which is kind of like I think a, they do a lot. A, yeah, an interpretation a of breakdown our books. of the big book. So that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. I like mm-hmm. Hazelton. Also in step six, um, I like this one. Self-righteous anger also can be very enjoyable. It is enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I love about this. I can read this and relate and go, yes, okay, yeah, secretly I can admit that. In a perverse way, we can actually take satisfaction from the fact that many people annoy us, for it brings a comfortable feeling of superiority. Yes, there's the pride. Gossip barbed with our anger, a polite form of murder by character assassination. That's gossip. Has its satisfactions for us too. Here, we are trying, we are not trying to help those we criticize. We are trying to proclaim our own righteousness. But don't we often say, well, but we're doing it because we want to help somebody. So this is the, this is a good example. I'm just trying to help. Yeah. It's a good example of the character defects that we are hanging on to. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the ones that need to be identified and they need to be ripped out, quote unquote, root and branch. branch. So, and we're going to need help with that for sure. Mm -hmm. So uh, talking to your sponsor, that's why, again, it's important to put pen to paper, write down your inventory, and then sit and discuss it with another alcoholic and um, unveil it to a higher power as well. But that other alcoholic, your sponsor, is going to be the person who's going to then, armed with this knowledge about you, be able to go, oh, wait a second. That doesn't sound like help to me. That sounds like gossip. Mm, That sounds like character assassination. You Mm -hmm. might want to work on that or judgment. And oftentimes we're judging other people because we're deflecting. We don't want people to judge us. So we're going to deflect from what's going on over here. Hey, look at that. (laughs) Look look what's going on over there. Judgment is really um, an unwillingness to look at someone and who they are and their story and how we can be compassionate and relate other than how we can see what's wrong with them, which is usually an indication of what's wrong with us. Like Mm -hmm. the most compassionate people I know are the people that harness what they've been through and are able to empathize with someone else and see them as a person Mm -hmm. rather than what they do or say. Right. And remembering when, this is a good example of that slogan, remembering when, Mm -hmm. that to help you diffuse your own judgment. Um, You have to remember when you're looking at other people in the program if you start to judge them, remember that you were there. You were them. You came, when you came in, you were a fucking hot mess. Mm -hmm. I know I was. Um, Another good reminder about step six is the uh, only step one, where we made the 100% admission we were powerless over alcohol can be practiced with absolute perfection. The remaining 11 steps state perfect ideals. They are goals towards which we look and the measuring sticks by which we estimate our progress. Mm-hmm. Seen in this light, step six is difficult, but not at all impossible. The only urgent thing is that we make a beginning and keep trying. Keep going. So they do often talk about step six and seven as being the ones you will continually work on. Yeah. You're catching yourself and you're continuing to ask for help. All right. That was six and seven. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey as we journey through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. If you have any questions, you know where to reach us. Slide into the DM at Instagram. <laughs> I, do, you write, do you read those a lot? I'm just laughing at Lisa. <laughs> uh, or you, you can, may slide into our DMs. Yeah, I was going to say slide into at Julie's two sober chicks. DM. <laughs> 
two sober chicks and also email us at the number two sober chicks at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you as always yes and we shall see you in step eight thank you for listening oh, oh, oh.